Welcome to another Griffith University podcast. Okay, everyone, thanks very much for coming along today. Um, today I'd like to welcome Dr. Vlado Devoda, who is a research fellow at the Centre for International Risk at the University of South Australia. And I'd also like to add um, that Vlado has recently been informed that he will be joining GAI next year as a postdoctoral fellow. So um, we'd also like to welcome him to GAI next year as well. Um, today, Vlado is going to present and discuss his model for evaluating energy security in the Asia-Pacific project that he's been developing for some time now. So I'll hand right. over to Vlado. Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, I've got a copy of, of actually of, of the paper uh, that I'm giving today um, that's been published. It's actually been a project proposal that I converted into a paper form and got, got it published. And in a minute, I'll explain why. But I'll, I'll just send copies around. This paper uh, really, uh, I started working on this paper, um, this kind of project, uh, really as part of a, an ARC discovery project application initially, um, also turning into a Griffith University um, postdoc application as well for the same project. Um, uh, it's been presented in a number of uh, venues, a uh, number of universities, so, and I'm kind of keen on continuing that uh, because the project will actually, in effect, uh, I will start working on the project only uh, next year. So the, the project really builds on my previous research and, and teaching experience from, from Flinders Uni, UniSA, where uh, I looked at bargaining in the international oil industry, but also and more recently looked at, at energy security. Uh, also, the methodological approach that I developed also builds on some the similar approach that we have been using in our current current ARC project uh, that I work on uh, with uh, Terry O'Callaghan at, at UniSA. In effect, uh, the paper has been published. The proposal has been turned into a paper form and published uh, for a very pragmatic reason, is because I submitted it, uh, the proposal to the ARC when the rejoinders were due, I could say I got a paper published, shows that it's, it's an important topic, so it's very kind of uh, a pragmatic reason for doing it, but also I've seen it done before, so, so I thought well, why not give it a crack. So energy security, an emerging area of focus of course is in, in international relations, as, as many of you would, would, would be well aware, we kind of, I see it as we kind of go through, through cycles, I think very, very much correlated with the prices of energy, when oil prices are, oil in particular, when oil prices were low, no one really cared too much about energy security and, you know, issues with, with security of supply of, of oil in particular. Then came the late 70s, 70s, no, mid 70s, late 70s, early 80s, and uh, first oil crisis, suddenly there was, there was interest in the, in the topic. Then again, mid, mid 80s, 86. Um, the prices dropped again and the interest waned and then again we have the cycle again comes back with higher oil prices in the recent years July 2008 uh, I think peak of $147 a barrel all sorts of supply concerns again energy security back on the agenda no it's uh, when I look at the literature very few works actually have made it a serious attempt to define a concept um, there are always those 
lot of those definitions out there that kind of focus primarily on oil and security of oil supplies. Um, some, some also studies allow for kind of more uh, contextual definition based on whether a country is uh, as an exporter or an importer. Energy security will mean something totally different for, for a country like Saudi Arabia than for a country like the United States. But governments also are facing in, in recent, the most recent decade, have been facing new challenges that uh, I think need to be incorporated into a, kind of a, what, what I see as a broader conceptualization of, of energy security. And, and as, as I've outlined this in the paper as well, uh, there are, I think, seven major challenges that, that need to be incorporated into uh, this broader concept of energy security and policy. So the environment, uh, and, and this is perhaps the most serious challenge to, to traditional energy security uh, thinking. Uh, for example, if, if environmental problems such as climate change and global warming are, are to be solved, energy security solved, maybe too strong a word, energy security policies will, will have to be reformulated and include environmental concern as, as one, of, one of the issues to be, to be dealt with. Um, technology, another uh, a key challenge as well when it comes to energy security uh, is to create technological basis for a global economy that operates not on fossil fuels but increasingly on alternative and, and perhaps renewable energy sources, so very much related to the, the environmental issue as well, challenge. The third one is demand side management. A lot of um, energy importing countries primarily focus on, on security of supply as the first kind of goal of policy. So secure supplies at affordable prices, whereas demand side management is just as important. Uh, demand side risks uh, exist from all sorts of uh, reasons. For example, demand surges, large su supply capacity surpluses, but also demand. demand uh, there are policies out there that could manage demand uh, instead of the focus should perhaps be in some countries more on, on demand management than securing uh, supplies of various energy sources. Domestic social, cultural and political factors, things like not in my backyard, NIMBY and other environmental justice concerns are becoming as well fairly global uh, developments uh, and this makes it increasingly difficult uh, time-consuming and costly to site large power plants in some, some countries or waste treatment and disposal facilities. So opposition to, to plant sitting uh, has, has elevated the importance of local politics in energy policy planning, particularly in, in the past 10 years. Um, it, it's all, this all started, of course, in the Western countries, but has, has moved away beyond, beyond West as well. There are um, further challenges include uh, human security. Traditionally, if a state is energy independent, it would consider, be considered generally energy secure. However, what if a state, uh, a country can be energy independent, doesn't need to rely on imports, but that, doesn't, that ignores the fact that maybe 50% of its population don't have access to, to energy, electricity. So that is the kind of human security dimension to, to, to energy security that uh, a new kind of broader definition uh, of energy security should, should include. Existence of actual energy security policies is a problem for some countries. Some countries do not have a clearly stated energy security policy. They do not have white papers or anything out there that say whether energy security, what they, what they regard as energy security, it's really hard to work out what, what is considered energy security for them. If they don't 
clearly define what they see as energy security, it is, work, it is extremely difficult then for them to work out what a policy is to ensure energy, to improve energy security. Uh, so again, that's one of the things that uh, I include as well in my uh, model that I, I will talk about in a, uh, in a minute. Finally, international kind of dimension, international context, I think that energy security policies need to uh, address international implications of energy security challenges as well. So it is important to consider whether a state is committed to international cooperation on energy-related issues uh, such as the Kyoto Protocol and, and other similar moves to improve uh, energy efficiency and reduce emissions internationally. So these components are, are, uh, are central additions to the traditional that oil supply side kind of perspective on energy security and, and uh, I believe that policy, energy security policies must address not only the domestic but also the international implications of, of these new dimensions. So the project. The focus of the project, in, well, I've been a bit kind of wrestling with this. And initially, in, in actually in the ARC DP application, I intended to focus on 10 countries. Australia, Canada, China, India, Indonesia, Japan, Mexico, Russia, South Korea, and the US. A lot of people have said too broad, too ambitious. I actually agree. There were 10 largest economies in the kind of broader region. So after giving it a bit more thought, I uh, worked out it would probably be better to focus just on five countries. China, India, Japan, United States, four out of five largest energy consumers in the world. Australia, of course, because the, we are in Australia, it is an ARC project, project proposal. Uh, it has to have some national relevance in that sense. So I'm kind of going in that direction of, of bringing it down to the, these five countries uh, for the purpose of, of really making it doable. Energy security, of course, is a critical issue in the, in the region, and, and as many of you would know, uh, economic growth has really resulted in uh, an increase in the demand for energy in the region. Those 10 countries that I, that I just listed in 2009 consumed over 60% of the world's energy. If I cut it down to those five, they consumed just about half of world's energy, just five countries. So, and this is, this is going to grow as well probably in, in both, certainly in absolute terms, more than likely in relative as well. So, and we can see here that energy demand growth, uh, what's been happening, this is uh, from 85 to 2009, overall energy demand. China is just, I've, I think last month, uh, uh, overtaken the United States as the largest energy consumer uh, in, in the world. The growth has been just, just amazing in the past, um, since 2002 in particular. India as well, slowly getting there. India is now, I think, the fourth, no, India is actually the fourth largest energy consumer in the world as well, just behind Russia, just overtook Japan as well in 2008. Uh, energy, energy demand, of course, will further expand, there's no doubt about that. The problem is there is the traditional, of course, supply security issue. I'm not, I'm not denying that that's not important. That's very important still, of course, and it, it remains a very crucial issue for a lot of the countries in the region. For example, China, India, Japan, and the United States control only 3.6% of world's oil reserves, yet consume over 40% of it. Uh, the slightly better picture with natural gas, 5.6% of reserves consuming 30% of world's natural gas that has to come from some, somewhere else from, and, and usually comes from outside of even the Asia-Pacific region. 
However, just to illustrate for other issues beyond the traditional oil uh, uh, supply security issues is that the same four countries do not use their energy efficiency uh, in an environmentally responsible way. For example, to produce 44% of world GDP, they consume 47.4% of energy and account for 51.6% of carbon emissions. So that's obviously a challenge. and. and uh, um, Carbon-related pollution is, is a fact of everyday life in, in uh, a lot of these countries. Uh, so obviously the future regional demand growth will have major consequences, not only for geopolitics in the region, but also for financial markets, energy markets, and, and the environment. Uh, what is worrying in the region at the same time is the absence of energy security cooperation. There hasn't been much, not, not much in terms of binding agreements. Uh, Cebu Declaration on Energy Security 2007, there really hasn't been, been much happening in that, in that regard. It is, however, it is in the, in the region's interest that energy competition is, is kept under control and that cooperative mechanisms are established and, and improved in, in the longer term, in medium to longer term. There is a growing uh, body of literature on energy security in the region. Uh, there has been uh, much written about it. However, a lot of literature starts on that narrow understanding of energy security, oil su supply security kind of focused. Very often the concept has not been op operationalized in, in, terms of, in policy terms. A lot of studies uh, focus on just a single country or a single issue within a particular country, and a lot of even, even those, those books that came out on, on regional energy security, comparison between countries is not really based on a certain kind of framework that all of them kind of adopts to, to compare various countries. So this is where, uh, where really this project comes, comes in and, and attempts to kind of, will attempt to build, build on this and on the existing literature, but also develop something that will allow for, for really kind of comprehensive and effective comparison between various countries. Let me get to actual, uh, the actual uh, energy security assessment instrument. So it's, it's on, on page 5261 of the paper, so it would be the fourth, one, two, three, fourth page of the paper. So what I've come up here, uh, what, I've, what I've come up with is, is, is an energy security assessment instrument based on 44 attributes of energy security associated with current global energy system and put in 11 different uh, energy security dimensions, as I call them dimensions. Some of them are traditional, as I said previously said, energy supply, efficiency, military and security dimension of, of energy security. Others are, are fairly new. And what I've come up with is, is an assessment system which can be utilized to assess those five countries or ten countries as I originally intended energy security. I've come up with a number of attributes under each dimension and to the right I've kind of I've listed the preferred interpretations. So a country will be energy secure, fully energy secure, if it can be uh, fully energy secure, if all the interpretations, uh, sorry, if all of the attributes have a preferred interpretation attached. So if there is a very low fraction of no energy inputs, that's good. Energy inputs are, uh, sorry, energy sources are, are well diversified. Uh, there is low exposure uh, of critical energy infrastructure to uh, energy-related military or security risks. 
or if uh, energy security policy exists in the first place, it's transparent, reviews are regular, so on and so forth. So uh, there are 44 attributes that are listed. Again, this is not an exclusive list. This is very, very preliminary still. But I think this is something that would allow for a collection of really a, a significant uh, our creation of significant uh, database, uh, if you like, of information on energy security in, in the region in various countries. So it is an assessment system to evaluate each country's energy security, which will also allow for cross-country and cross-dimensional comparison. Uh, will allow for the first region-wide systematic and sophisticated assessment of energy security and policy. So uh, it will also be essential for developing energy security typologies. So let me explain uh, what I mean by energy security typologies. This is very simplified now, and, and it's a totally simplified hypothetical example that has absolutely, there's no really, I haven't done any research to back this up, so I'm just showing it how it, how it could work, but it's going to be, of course, much more sophisticated than that. So I have uh, ranked four countries, Australia, China, Indonesia, and Japan, according to these 11 dimensions. I've given them a sign and a value. Uh, so Australia, we could say, is, um, ranks pretty well on energy supply security. So I've given Australia two. Two means high, one means medium, zero means low. So overall, we got some sorts of values here. However, what, what's important to note here is the patterns and similarities and differences. So we, at the end of the day, we may end up with something like this. Typology A, a developed energy, energy exporter, Australia. Typology B, developed energy importer, Japan. Typology C, a developing energy exporter, Indonesia. And typology D, a developing energy importer, uh, China. So. There will be certain characteristics that uh, make each country, uh, sorry, uh, that will group uh, various countries into particular typologies. Uh, again, this is overly simplified and it will be uh, a much more uh, sophisticated and complex uh, once, all the, uh, once things are developed. But typologies really, they, they are best kind of understood as, as a form of social scientific shorthand. As, as Charles Reagan uh, described them in 1987. And, and a single typology really, what a value in it is, can replace an entire system of variables uh, and, and interrelations. And typologies help social science, scientists comprehend the diversity that exists within a general class of social, social phenomena. So, so as a result, really, the construction of, of these typologies will allow for cl classification of energy security in various countries according to their main, main structural features. So this project really falls in line with existing uh, bilateral and multilateral initiatives on energy security uh, that again are non-binding yet uh, and in very kind of early stages. The aim, of course, um, the ultimate aim is to determine how energy security related vulnerabilities in the region uh, and competition uh, may be reduced and regional energy cooperation enhanced. So that's the ultimate goal of this project. The problem is, and this is the central kind of problem to the, to the project, is that the current trajectory of energy markets in the Asia-Pacific region is, is, is really consistent with that. I don't know uh, how many of you know about Robert Jervis' security dilemma, which could also be translated into an energy security dilemma, meaning that an energy security gain for one state means sometimes means uh, energy security loss for the others and for the region as a whole. So the aim here, the goal here is to 
improve energy security of particular countries, but at the same time improve the energy security of the region as a whole. Working that out, how, how, how to do that, uh, really, is kind of the main, uh, main issue with, with the project as it, as it is uh, right now. So, current and future problems, really. Well, what kind of issues do I have currently with this project? What issues have been raised by the reviewers of this project, the ARC? First, country choices, as I said already, um, 10 was too many, 5 perhaps still too many. Uh, still to decide that, got a bit of time to decide. Um, most of the dimensions that I showed, uh, that I talked about, the 11 dimensions, 44 attributes, they're not independent from one, uh, one another. There's a lot of overlap between them. The, the key will be how to work out, uh, how to reduce this potential overlap once the project is being done. Another issue is how to measure the attributes. Some of them are pretty straightforward. Some of them are quantitative and can be worked out pretty, pretty easily. Uh, for instance, uh, it won't be too difficult to work out uh, diversification by source of imported oil very easy. There are all sorts of indices that can be applied. That's, that's all fairly, fairly easy on energy efficiency, but there will, be, there will be problems quantifying, getting into some kind of numbering, uh, some other issues, commitment to international agreements on energy security, so on and so forth. Uh, another problem will be waiting. How do I weigh all these other, uh, all these different dimensions and attributes in the ending kind of calculation? If there is to be a calculation at the end, so I still, I'm still a bit kind of wrestling with all these issues. And I mean, if anyone has any ideas, I'd, I'd be really glad if you share them. So, but I think that's that's normal at this stage of the project, really work, working out, out the proposal. Another problem is uh, construction of typologies based on the data that I, that I gather later on in the project. How to make sure that the typologies do not, uh, do not just simply become sub subjective judgments of, on my part. So I think that's also a very important issue that I will have to deal with at some point down, down the road. And, and the bottom line is at the end of the day, once all the data has been gathered, um, how to influence policy at the end of the day, how to get this to be read by people who, who matter. I mean, that's, again, that's something really down the track to worry about, I guess. Um, moving forward, <laughs> um, plan of action, further paper presentations, 2010-2011, uh, ARC, discovery project application, if it's unsuccessful this year, I'll, I'll put in for it again for 2011 round. Uh, making the instrument more robust, certainly I intend to devote a 2011 on making that instrument on, on, on a page four uh, more robust and, and dealing with those first couple of issues I just mentioned, first couple of problems that I'm, I'm wrestling with at the moment. Once that has been done, completed, then the aim will be to develop a comprehensive map of regional energy security and policy based on the instrument, so findings from applying the instrument in practice. And also, of course, as, as a follow-up, and actually I think it will be an, um, an iterative process of gathering this data and working out the typologies, it will have to be a very kind of iterative process in, in, in a way. So that's really all I wanted to say. Um, I'm ready to uh, answer any questions, and I would really like to hear uh, your feedback on, on this. And I thank you very much for, for your attention and for, for coming today. Thanks very much, Blood. For more Griffith University podcasts, 
go to www.griffith.edu.au forward slash podcasts.